of visitation. Hear the Spirit call. Welcome to another podcast of Dr. Leslie Bakupon. Be blessed as you listen. Bless the name of the Lord. Just, just give Him some glory. Just bless His holy name. Thank Him for your life. Thank Him for His grace that is sufficient for you. His strength that is made perfect. Even in the times of weakness, just give Him glory. Just give Him praise. Bless His holy name. Bless His holy name. Give Him glory. Give Him praise this morning in the name of Jesus. Commit yourself into the hands of God. I believe this morning's message is important for your life. It's important for your walk with God. You want to pray that the heavens shall be opened. Your mind shall be opened. Your heart shall be opened. You want to pray for alertness. As I keep saying, sometimes it's just one word. Sometimes it's just one sentence. In the entire message that is meant for you. You want to pray that you will not miss that Kairos moment. You will not miss that place in this way that is specifically meant for you. In the name of Jesus, lift up your voice. Lift up your voice and pray. Lift up your voice and pray. Rada kata bahasha. Rada bahasola. Redeke barasote You want to continue to pray for yourself that the enemy will not steal this word from your heart. When we read the parable of the sower, we, we learn that the enemy can come and steal the joy of the word from our hearts. You want to pray that when this word enters your spirit, it shall be sealed in your spirit permanently. Lift up your voice. Begin to pray right now in the name of Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this morning. Thank you for the opportunity to listen to your word. We declare that our minds are alert, our hearts are open to receive your word tonight. We declare that the heavens are opened in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Son of the living God. Take glory, Father, take glory, Son, take glory, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' most excellent name, have we prayed with thanksgiving. Amen. All right. Shall we put our hands together for the Lord? As we take our seats, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Why, you are tired from the wedding. Were you the ones who got married? Why should you be tired? Even me that I preached, I'm standing here preaching again. You you were just sitting there doing, whoa, whoa, whoa. What fatigue is in that one? Hallelujah. Oh, but I believe it was a glorious wedding yesterday. It was, it was awesome. It was awesome. The atmosphere was full of joy and the presence of God and everything. And I, I want to specially commend Overflow Music. They, they made us proud. I mean, I was sitting there and I was smiling within. It's like, yeah, those are my people. <laughs> we thank God. We thank God. But this morning... Since you are all tired, I won't talk for too long. I know you don't believe me. But those of you who had the wedding yesterday, I said it would be short. And it was short. Crisp. Right? Yeah. So today too is going to be crisp. 
Maybe not as short as yesterday is. <laughs> but it will still be short and straightforward. Hallelujah. This morning, I want to teach you something that will help you in your walk with God. Hallelujah. For many of you, it will answer certain questions and equip you to be able to overcome certain things in life. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I'm going to preach on something I've entitled Casting Down Imaginations. Casting Down Imaginations. Everybody say, Casting Down Imaginations. Say it again. Casting Down Imaginations. Let's open to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And I'm reading from verse 4. I'm actually going to talk about the, the war on the mind. The war on the mind. Any evil thing Satan wants to accomplish in your life will start from your mind. He'll start by bombarding your mind first. If we can learn to win the battles of the mind, there are a lot of battles we won't have to fight. Hallelujah. If we can learn to be aggressive about winning in the head, winning in the mind, we wouldn't have to fight a lot of battles. The mind, the head is so important to the human being. I believe it's one of the reasons why the normal way anybody comes into the world is head first. Hallelujah. Head first. If you come any other way, it is abnormal. We say it's breach. It may call for some cutting. Hallelujah. Head first. So the first part of your body that should have any contact with the world is your head first it tells you that this thing called the head is very 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 important hallelujah second corinthians chapter 10 let's start reading from verse 4 it said for the weapons of our warfare let's read it together since we are all tired today you have to help me to preach go for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Next. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Hallelujah. Let's go over again. I want to make sure you are awake. So let's start from the verse 4 again. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Hallelujah. I've said it over and over again. Yesterday I even used it in my sermon that this is one of the commonest verses of scripture we quote when we are talking about spiritual warfare. When we are talking about fighting against the enemy. When you are leading spiritual warfare prayers, you quote, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself above the knowledge of God and bringing every thought or bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Hallelujah. The mind has already been mentioned twice or alluded to twice. Imaginations and then thoughts. 
this is the warfare. Hallelujah. You see, Christianity, our walk with God, from the day you become born again, from the day you become a Christian, there is a war and a battle for your mind. Hallelujah. There is a battle for your mind. There is a, a, a war for your mind. Let's read Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Or you let's start from verse 1. I beseech you therefore brethren by the message of God that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice wholly acceptable unto God which is your reasonable service and be not conformed to this world but be ye transformed by the renewal of what your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God hallelujah so there is a battle for your mind there is an ongoing war this war is going on every minute is going on every second and if we can learn the secret of winning the battle of the mind we will not have to fight with a lot of the temptations that we go through hallelujah most of the things we call temptations or the process of temptation if you break it down well it is simply a conversation with the devil in your mind that is what temptation is all about when satan was tempting eve it was all about a conversation he just came and started conversing with, with eve that is how satan tempts us he converses with us he chats with us hallelujah and when it comes to this thing called the battle of the mind satan is more experienced in this battle than you and i he has done it over and over again he has been in existence for thousands of years. You are just 20 something, 30 something. He has dealt with many people, different, different kinds of people at different levels of intelligence, at different levels of spirituality, at different levels of willpower, everything. He knows exactly how to get you. Hallelujah. That is why there, there, there is a formula for dealing with with Satan when it comes to the mind. I mentioned yesterday at the, at the wedding that modern day spiritual warfare has changed in its nature. The way we fight spiritual battles has changed. Not completely, but most of the fighting is now in the mind. That is Satan's favorite battlefield. His favorite battlefield is not necessarily in the second heavens. Out there somewhere in outer space. Or on your rooftop. And witches are flying over your house and things like that. Those ones are there. But the main battlefield is this thing called the mind. It's called the mind. That is why the Bible is saying the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down imaginations. So one of the ways Satan fights us in the mind is through what we call imaginations. Say imaginations. Say imaginations. You see, there are different ways of classifying the human mind. The brain is different from the mind. The brain is the organ that is sitting in your skull right now. We can see your brain, but we can't see your mind. The mind is the functioning aspect of it, while the brain is the, is the organ. 
is, is the physical thing that you see. So when it comes to classifying the mind, there are a lot of ways of classifying. You can classify the mind according to the conscious mind and the subconscious mind. The conscious mind is what you are actively aware of. As I'm speaking right now, you are thinking about something. Whatever it is, it is between you, God, and Satan. Hallelujah. But you are thinking about something. That is your conscious mind. But there is also what we call the subconscious mind. And that one, you are not actively aware of it, but it is active. In fact, it is said that 90% of the mind is subconscious and 10% is conscious. And that 90% can affect your emotions, can affect your actions, it can affect your deeds. That is why it's important for us to look at the mind both from the conscious sense and the subconscious sense. Hallelujah. You can further classify the mind into memory, which deals with the past. Things in the mind related to the past. You can also deal with contemplation. When we say contemplation, we are talking about what you are thinking about now related to the present. And then the third component is imagination. Imagination can be present, it can be past, it can be future. You can, you can imagine in the past, you can imagine in the present, you can imagine in the future. Like the way you sit down and you imagine yourself in your nice six-bedroom house with five beautiful expensive SUV cars in your garage. If you are spiritual, you will receive it. If you receive it and God decides to have it craft for you, at least you have received something. Imagination. And so this thing called the mind is, is a very fertile battleground for the enemy. One of the reasons why the mind is one of the favorite battlegrounds for the enemy is that one, the mind has the natural tendency to want to make things easy for itself. The mind wants to make things easy for itself. And that is one of the reasons why temptation comes through the mind. When the devil wants to tempt you, look, every sin you commit will start with a thought. It will start in the mind. If you didn't think about it, it's not likely it will be accounted to you as a sin. That means you, you didn't do it intentionally. If the thing was done intentionally, whether it is lying, whether it's stealing, whether it is sexual sin, whatever it is, it will start from your mind. And I've given you this algorithm before. They say your thoughts determine your actions. Your actions determine your habits. Or your actions become your habits. Your habits become your character. Your character determines your destiny. That is the flow. The best way to deal with it or the easiest way is to deal with it at the thought level. As you get further and further down, it becomes more and more difficult to deal with it. It's easier to deal with a thought than to deal with a habit. How many of you agree with me? It's easier to deal with a thought than to deal with a habit. Today, by the time I'm finished, my aim is that you understand why you need to fight certain thoughts. Why you need to aggressively get rid of certain thoughts from your mind. Hallelujah. It will start with a thought. When Satan wants to entice you to do something that is wrong, he will first start by putting an imagination. He will place an imagination in your mind. A thought of the thing in your mind. So as you ponder over it, 
Let's say, let's use sexual temptation for example. Satan comes, said, No, you are being too holy nowadays. Let me try and increase the volume of immorality in your life small. He won't bring a woman or a man first, he'll start with a thought. And I've said this several times that it's not every thought in your mind that you generated yourself. There are certain things you are there, and it just comes into your mind like that. Bam. It's from the pits of hell because it's warfare. It is a weapon that has been thrown into your mind. It's like an arrow that has been shot into your mind. It's like a bullet that has been fired into your mind. And you have the right to decide what you do with that bullet. You have the right to decide what you do with that arrow. Whether to let it stay or you cast it down and be free. Hallelujah. When you let it stay, what it means is that now you are meditating upon the thought that Satan has placed in your mind. There's a difference between seeing and looking. They're not the same. Seeing can be involuntary. You can turn and see something. But once they say you are looking, it means there is some intention added to it. Just like there's a difference between hearing and listening. You can hear shatawale music in the background. But you can decide to tune in with your mind and now listen and be listening to the lyrics. Hallelujah. In the same way you can come to church, we are worshipping and you are just listening. You are just hearing. Oh, they are harmonizing nicely. But you can also decide to, to listen or when, when the choir is ministering, you can decide to listen and be part of it. Hallelujah. In the same way, a thought can come to your mind, but you can decide whether or not to meditate upon the thought. And you see, temptation to the mind is such that the longer you think about the thing, the longer you spend meditating upon the thing, the weaker you become by the second. Hallelujah. If a thought of a naked woman is thrown into your mind, every second more that you imagine it, every second more that you you, you meditate upon it, you become weaker and weaker and weaker. I don't know how the graph for that one with time will look like. But every second you spend thinking about the thing, you become weaker and weaker and weaker. And especially when whatever it is Satan wants you to do, you've done it before. He has another weapon. He now brings the memory of how nice it felt the last time you did that thing. Don't look at me as if you don't know what I'm talking about. I am dialing your number, so pick the phone. He brings the thought of how nice it felt the last time you did it. And it even makes you weaker and weaker and weaker. But you see this thing, eh? If the moment the thought came, you just cast it out. You started meditating on scriptures. You started worshipping. You started praising God. You focus your mind on things that are pure and things that are of good report. You wouldn't come to the point where now you have become weaker and weaker and weaker and weaker and weaker. Hallelujah. And you see, this is how he works on the mind where temptation is concerned. When he throws the bait at you, the first thing he does is to amplify the benefits, the immediate benefits of what it is that he wants you to do. 
while he covers the dangers and the negative consequences that are involved. So for that moment, that thing looks like the best thing you can ever do. That is what your body needs. That is what you need to do. It's like the benefits are amplified. He just presents one aspect of the picture to you and hides the rest, the monstrous part. The nice looking part is what he presents to you in your mind. Hides the horrible part. When Satan went to tempt Jesus Christ, he came and presented a very nice picture. He said, look, this whole world and everything in it has been given unto me. I, I'm, I'm the papa of this place. And the truth is that it was given unto him by Adam and Eve after they fell in the garden of Eden. He said, it's been given unto me. I can give it to whoever I wish to give it to. And what it means is that if I give it to you, you can do whatever you want to do with it. Of course, Jesus Christ would have loved to have control over the world. After all, he came to save the world. Hallelujah. He came to save the world. So, it's like, okay, just bow down your knees and worship me. I will give this thing to you and do whatever you want to do. If you want to save everybody in it, save everybody in it. But you realize that he was just presenting half of the picture to Jesus Christ. If Jesus hadn't been smart enough to just... It's like the guy was literally presenting him with a shortcut to his mission. An easier alternative to the mission the reason why he came to the end and that is how he tempts us he always makes that the thing look so easy it's like the, the easy way out just you know do it and, and you'll be free but if you analyze it well you realize that that, that what he was presenting jesus Christ. if jesus had accepted it he would have shortchanged himself seriously because all he presented him was the world then he said this is it take it but Jesus' mission was not just to save the world at that time. Even those who died before, he needed to go and shed his blood, enter hell, go and engage the devil in an open combat, and release the souls of those people who had been kept in Hades. Hallelujah. So if you had just accepted, okay, he said, this is the world that it has been given unto me. Do whatever you want to do with it. And Jesus had accepted it. He probably would have just saved those who were alive then. But what about those before? Those who died before the finished work of the cross. Because the Bible says without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. It's the blood of Jesus that, that will wash Abraham, that will wash Elisha, all of those people. He just presented one aspect of the thing to Jesus Christ, but he was smart enough to realize that, look, this guy, what he's presenting to me, it is a 419 opportunity he's giving unto me, so I'm not going to take it. Hallelujah. I pray that the next time Satan comes to tempt you in the mind, you will see through the temptation and you resist it in Jesus' name. Casting down imaginations. When we talk about imaginations, we are talking about evil suggestions. Say evil suggestions. Satan can put evil suggestions in our minds. Oh, why don't you do it this way? Evil suggestions. He can even place evil suggestions about people in your mind. I said yesterday at the wedding that one of the easiest ways Satan can destroy relationships between two people is with the weapon of accusation. When we call him the accuser of the brethren, he doesn't only accuse us to God, he accuses us to each other. So Satan will come and whisper something into your mind about your husband. Satan will come and whisper something into your mind about your wife. Satan will come and whisper something into your mind about your brother or your sister. 
if you take the bait and you meditate on whatever suggestion it is that he has placed into your mind the time you realize you started hating the person you see when jesus came he took a lot of things to another level he moved a lot of things from the body level to the mind level a lot of the things we call grievous sins the serious sins he moved them from the body level to the mind level now in moses time if they say you have murdered somebody it means you took a knife followed the person speared him killed the person the person died but when jesus christ came he said if you hate your brother you are a murderer most of hatred is in the heart it's in the heart the person is passing and you're like i wish he trips and falls hatred the person is going to write the exam you say all the best but in your heart you are wishing that some f will manifest somewhere he said if you hate your brother you are a murderer he moved adultery from bodily adultery into mind adultery mind fornication he said if you look at a woman lastfully and in the same way if you look at a man lastfully you have already committed adultery with the person hey that's very serious you have already committed adultery so the mind has become so important the mind has become so vital we, we need to learn how to win the battle in the mind. Evil suggestions. Imaginations can be lies. Everybody say lies. There are a lot of lies in the system. Satan has thrown a lot of lies into the system. One of them is that every young pastor is a thief. When they see you young man, you are doing ministry. You, you are a thief and a crook until proven otherwise. It's an imagination. And for some people, it has entered their head. Though, like, it has become a mental stronghold. It was a suggestion Satan just released into the system. And some people have taken it. They have meditated upon it. It has become a mental stronghold in their mind. And some people say they will not attend the church. That they are older than. Then overflow will be toddlers church. Because we are just two years old. It will be one year olds and babies and stuff like that. They said, no, 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 they can't attend the church. They can't be under a pastor who has not been to a seminary, who has not gone to a Bible school. I've told you here, and here Bible school is good, though, but that is not what makes you called. There are people in the Bible school who don't have a call of God upon them. They see it as a career. Just like how you are going to school to become a nurse or going to school to become a doctor. They, too, they see it as they are going to school to become something. But there's no call of God upon their life. I've heard people say, no, 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 no. I mean, I've seen people who have gone to Bible school, learned, done all sorts of things. But when they stand and they preach, you can't even understand what they are saying. Let alone to appreciate it and apply it to your life. Hallelujah. A lot of the people we are looking up to in ministry now, they have not stepped in the Bible school before. Don't get me wrong, I'm not condemning Bible schools. It's good. And overflow will build one. Hallelujah. It's, it's a very, very good thing. But don't have that mentality that it is a requirement for somebody's ministry to be accepted it is not it is just an addition it's just an embellishment bishop dark Ward mills never stepped into a bible school but he's built one of the biggest bible schools in ghana now. robert amjakofi never stepped into a bible school 
My own spiritual father, Reverend Isuda, never, never stepped in the Bible school, but he's written over 90 books. Some of them are being used in Bible schools. Me, I have never stepped into a Bible school. But by the grace of God, I can preach for you to understand. Hallelujah. And I've even been invited to give guest lectures at some Bible schools before. Even though I've never stepped in one. Hallelujah. But some of these things are imaginations. They are thoughts. Suggestions Satan has put into the system. So we elevate the Bible school above the real call of God. I didn't see Paul going to any Bible school. Never. I think the Bible school was the Arabia that he went to hide and prayed and prepared himself for the ministry. That was the Bible school. You can be there. You've never stepped into a Bible school. I've never gone to a Bible school. But the number of books I've read, I believe it can teach an entire Bible school. Hallelujah. Yeah. But these are some of the, some of the lies that are in the system. These are some of the mentalities that are in the system. That's some of the things, if you know scriptures, that is what you need to neutralize the lie. That's what you need to neutralize the lie. There are a lot of people who are now struggling with giving in church. Because, you see, Satan, all he does is just to, 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 to release a certain argument in the system. Oh, when they give the money, is it is the pastors that use it. The pastors use it to enrich themselves. And you hear people who don't even have any evidence to that effect. And they are propagating these things as truth. And because of that, people are sitting in their homes and not going to church. Imaginations. Lies. Unfortunately, some people too are adding fuel to this thing by the way they are behaving. When you are a pastor and God has blessed you and all you do on social media is to come and display your cars and display your wealth and to display your opulence, it affects all of us. There are some, some people we must start praying for their ministries to close down. So that we we'll all have some peace. Hallelujah. Eh, because not all of us that have bad intentions and want to dupe people and stuff like that. I believe in the church the pastor should be the biggest giver. I believe the pastor should be the biggest giver. Sometimes people don't know the sacrifices pastors make behind the scenes. But Satan puts these things into the system. And it's like people accept them, they meditate upon it, and it becomes a stronghold. And all of these things are meant to, 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 to derail the progress of the kingdom of God. But may a mental stronghold not prevent you from giving in the house of God. Hallelujah. I've never taken salary from this church and I don't intend to ever take salary from this church. Salary, allowance, whatever. I believe it's my responsibility to rather support the work of God in this place. Amen. Not that it will be wrong if I decide to take salary. No. It will not be wrong. Especially if I go full time. I mean, in the Bible, the Levites, it was the tithes and offerings that were, were being used to take care of the Levites. There are some scriptures if I open to you right now, you run away. <laughs> you run away. The Levites were actually supposed to be the custodians of the tithes and the offerings. It was supposed to be theirs to chop. <laughs> you see, it's unfortunate that some of these things, some people have taken certain things to the extreme. Honorarium. 
when you go to preach and they give you honorarium, there's nothing wrong with it though. There's nothing wrong. Some of us, we have a certain principle we are living by. Those of you who preach here, the fact that me, I don't demand honorarium doesn't mean when you go and they give you honorarium, don't take. It is a personal thing. Especially when I'm going to minister to students. You give me, I'll not take the honorarium. I know students' ministries and how they are struggling with one CD, one CD, one CD, one CD. And you go to preach and you go and take money to on top of it. No. But the principle of taking honorarium is not wrong. Paul said to them, after ministering to you spiritually, is it not okay that you also communicate to me in the physical things that God has blessed you with? Not that Paul was begging. He was revealing unto them a spiritual principle. Minister, look, you know what it takes to prepare a good sermon, spiritual preparation, and even what it takes to stand and preach. When I finish one fire rally, it takes me one whole week to recover. I finished fire rally in Takradi just a week ago. Already, I preached yesterday, and I'm standing on my feet preaching again, and I'm getting ready to do Kolebu. And when I finish, I'm doing Cape Coast too, as well. By the time you finish, your body is like sometimes my wife asks me, ah. Why is it that you put sweat like that when you are preaching? It's not like you are running around. But there, there are a lot of things happening in the spirit. Spiritual virtue is leaving you. It's not like you are jogging. She's been worrying me about jogging and stuff like that nowadays. I'm starting small, small. But I told that the preaching I do is more than the jogging. Don't you see the way I sweat? If you measure the calories I use to preach to the people, it's a lot. Especially when I'm in my revivalist mode thing and I'm doing my basa basa gra gra preaching like that. Most of the time, by the time I get home, all I can do is lie on the bed. And when you are tired like that from spiritual exercises, you realize you can't even sleep. You are tired, you are exhausted, but the sleep will not come. During finally, I hardly, like the days, I hardly blink an eye. I hardly eat any proper food. I don't fast during the times that I'm ministering. I'll fast way before. Clear the atmosphere and release the angels ahead of time. So that during the time they I can eat them. But most of the time during that time there's no appetite even. Me, if I'm having a program and you are seeing me eating plenty, it means my heart is not in the program. There was a time I went to Kumasi to go and minister at some three day program. And the people were not serious. First day the program was supposed to start at 6.30. We ended up starting at 9.30. And when I got there, I said, oh, time is fast spent, so you have just about 20 minutes to minister. The singing group that came to minister, they finished ministry. You know, of course, 9.30, they finished ministry, and they left the place and went. And the audience were sitting there, 20 minutes. I said, you people, you are not serious. The hotel they put me in, that day, I nearly lost my fingers. The ceiling is like here. With a ceiling fan. When I was dressing to go for the program, I was putting on my jacket with my long arms like that. I was even holding my phone. My hand entered the fan. Then I realized my phone had been scattered into pieces. I didn't want to look at my hand because I was afraid I had lost some fingers. Around that time, Pastor Ernest was working with Tigo and Kumasi. He came around and told him, I nearly lost my fingers. He said, I'm taking you out of this. He said, there's one of those gra people. He said, no, no, no. 
Because, I mean, next time we come, your head will be off. <laughs> the people were just not serious. And the following day, he took me to some place to go and eat. And he's traveled with me extensively, so he knows most of the time when I'm in the middle of a program, I don't. The way I was enjoying the food, was like, Bishop. <laughs> is going on over here? I said that people, they are not serious. So me too, I will not be serious with them. I ate the food. The next day I said, take me to the same place again. He said, Bishop! <laughs> oh no, no, that people are not serious. <laughs> the journey is long. Oh, the second day, I told her, hey, prepare, go, go and minister. Eh? I slept in the hotel room. He went to a minister. Third day, I made Pastor Fah go. I called him from Accra. Come and minister. The, the people were just not serious. All I'm trying to tell you is that like preachers go through a lot. Don't even talk about the, the spiritual things. The spiritual attacks and things like that. A lot of the things that are supposed to come to you, Satan will direct them at me. Because he understands the principle of strike the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. So if somebody goes to preach somewhere and they say, oh man of God, we are blessing you with this amount of money. There are people who are full time. It is the ministry that feeds them and feeds their family. So and, and why should the person take? Of course there is a problem. Some people actually quote a price. If you don't give me 10,000 Ghana cities, I'm not coming. And there are some people you have to pay half before they mount the pulpit. And some of them, when you talk to them, it's because of bad experiences they've had. They finish the preaching and they are full-time people. Their family, everything depends on what they get out of the ministry. They finish the preaching and the people just come and shake them. God bless you. Oh, man of God, it was powerful. We were blessed. This, this, this. Meanwhile, he took a taxi to come. Oh, we were blessed. It was powerful. They just shake your hands and let you go. And I was talking to, I was asking, why do you people like charge half of the amount before you go? He said there was a time he went to London. Some people organized some program in London for him to go and minister. He said, they said, oh, you take a one-way ticket and come. When we finish the program and everything, we'll sort out the return and refund you or whatever and give you honorarium and all. When they feel, oh, people came for the program, they charged for the program too. They finished the program. He couldn't find the organizers. All of them, their phones were off. And he didn't go with any money because, oh, he was suspecting that after the thing, at least they'll give him some. He used some to buy a ticket and blah, blah, blah. He was stranded. He had to beg friends there to contribute to get him back to the country. So some people decided, okay, you, money in a hand. Give me half before I'll come. In case you run away, at least I can come back home. Now, the bad thing some people too are doing is that they'll come and tell you, okay, I won't charge you any honorarium, but when I come, every money that I raise is mine. Yeah. Some people too can tell you, when I come and I raise funds, 40%, 45%, 50% is mine. So, you see, human beings corrupt good principles and it gives the devil the chance to do all sorts of things. But all I'm trying to tell you is that there are certain imaginations Satan will put into the system. There are lies that Satan will put into the system. And when you accept them, it will, it will affect the way you accept Christianity. 
homosexuality and lesbianism is a problem of the mind. It's a mind. It's, it's a psychiatric and a psychological problem. Those who engage in it, their minds have been turned in a certain way. That's why they are thinking about that. Romans 1, 26 to 28, he was talking about God giving people up unto reprobate minds. Reprobate minds. How can a man see another man and be excited? Can you imagine? You see another man, you're a woman, you see another woman and you are, you are happy. Adam saw Eve and he started prophesying. This is the bone of my bone. Flesh of my flesh. Mental strongholds. Mental strongholds that when you marry as a man, your wife must do everything for you. Mental strongholds. Mental strongholds that marriage is full of sorrow. Because sometimes when you are going to enter marriage, they'll, they'll tell you things. Oh, especially the aunties. Eh? <laughs> they can give us as I say, as for Bema our farm, now so our backyard garden will baby. That means you are talking about a wife and then concubines. So when it happens, just be patient. Just be this and that. Like evil imaginations and suggestions into your mind. Some men say, they say what? For every one man, there are seven women. But the population of the world right now, the women are more than the men. But it's just by 3% or so. It's not one to seven yet. Wrong mentalities. Evil imaginations like the fact that sin has been categorized into big sin and small sin. So you are comfortable when it is a small sin. When you are lying, it's fine. It's okay to lie. You are standing at Kolebu station, you say, I'm in church. Now with mobile phones, people have become liars. You walk by somebody, and he's mentioning a location that is nowhere near where he is. But in our mind, oh, when you lie, it's not a big sin. It's just a small sin. Ah, if you commit adultery, ah, how can you be married and go and sleep with somebody else? That is very, very bad. But you see A and you say it is B. You see in James when the Bible says, how, how did they even put it? It said, if you keep the whole law and you fail to keep one, you are guilty of all. That means in principle, God sees all the sins as the same. Same level. Fornication is as bad as lying. But I know right now Satan threw something to somebody's mind. If fornication and lying are the same, then I will stop the lying and rather do the one that is more pleasurable. It is the voice of the devil. Satan just spoke to you. Satan just spoke to you. There is nothing like a big sin. There is nothing like a small sin. Every sin is a sin. They all carry the same weight in God's sight. Hallelujah. 
The Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. The real you is what is in your mind. That is the real you. That is the real you God sees. He sees through your mind. He sees through your heart. If as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. That is you. You dislike somebody, but when you see the person, you smile nicely. The real you is that you hate the person. You dislike the person. You don't want the person's progress. Casting down imaginations. If we will learn to throw things out of our mind. If we will learn to be violent about it. And not spend time meditating on things we are not supposed to meditate on. We will win a lot of the battles we are fighting. throwing out or casting down that I'm talking about should be immediate. Everybody say immediate. It is most effective when it is immediate. Satan puts a thought about your, your, your husband. Satan puts a thought about your, your, your friend, your roommate. Immediately you cast it out or you neutralize it. Because sometimes Satan will just come and try and amplify the person's weaknesses to you. You counteract it by also amplifying the person's strength. Because there's no human being that doesn't have any strength. That's what you did. And it's weakness, 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 weakness like that. Everybody has some strength somewhere. You can be with somebody, the best human being in the world, but you see the person as a devil. All because the two bad aspects of him is what Satan will amplify in your mind. You continue to meditate upon that. You continue to concentrate on that. And you realize that that is all you see when you see the person. If you find yourself being angry with somebody but you can't put a finger on why it means you've been chatting with Satan it's as simple as that you realize you are upset with somebody a friend, a spouse beloved, whatever you are upset with the person but you can't put a finger on why it means you have been chatting with demons, you have been chatting with Satan he's been infiltrating your mind with things and Satan is good at exaggerating, enlarging the thing in your mind, making it worse than it actually looks. And he will bring back memories of past hurts. That thing that the person did to you, he realizes your relationship is becoming too nice. Then he taps into the memory. Ah, but you, why are you being nice with him? Do you remember the time he said your head is like a steamboat? Then he will put a picture of a steamboat in your head. <laughs> and an image of you standing there and your head has been replaced with a steamboat. Say me. Look at nice me. What an insult. So you were laughing with the person two minutes ago. You enter the room and come back and the atmosphere has changed. Have you seen that kind of thing before? It's like, ah, what happened? The person has been chatting with Satan. Simple. In his mind, his head has changed into a steamboat. But you see, the moment it comes into your mind, you cast it down and remember some nice thing the person said to neutralize it. Hallelujah. The way to deal with the accuser is to be an advocate or a lawyer for whoever is being accused to you. You have to be a lawyer. 
says, your beloved, she's like this, she's like this, she's like this, 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 and you turn it around and say, oh, but she's also like this and like this and like this and like this, and I like her for that. Hallelujah. You must be an advocate. Look, when you get married, Satan will come and accuse your, your spouse to you. Something small the person will do, he will try and, and embellish it, add sugar, add garlic, add pepper to garnish it and serve it to you. To try to just to take away the joy in the home. But I pray that God will give you the grace to cast down imaginations. When it comes to sin, the moment the thought comes, you throw it out. The moment the thought comes, you throw it out. The moment you, because the more time you spend thinking about it, the weaker you become. The weaker you become. You just throw it out. Everybody must have, must have earphones or earpieces. When certain thoughts are flooding your mind, put on some music and just enter the spirit. Begin to worship. Begin to pray in the language of the spirit. Paul says something in Philippians chapter 4. As I close. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. These are the things we should be thinking about. He said, finally, brethren, he was mentioning the mind here again. Whatever things are true, he's telling us the things we should think about. That means don't think about lies filter information and think about the ones that are proven to be true are the ones you must think about there are too many lies in the system when you watch movies and that is what shapes your idea about marriage is lies movies don't carry the right the right message it's somebody's fantasy that is putting on, on air for you to watch and enjoy Sometimes I even wonder why we watch movies and cry when we know that people are just acting. No, sometimes it's like, I'm like, I, I really don't understand we human beings, myself inclusive. You know they are acting. They're crying, they're crying, they're crying, they're crying, they're crying, they're crying. they think. They'll say, cut! And then you wipe their face and start laughing. Meanwhile, you watch this thing and you cry. You go and lie on your bed crying, you can't even sleep because you are wondering. It's only serious, serious. Hey, what is going to happen next? What is going to happen next? Is, and things like you have been sleeping and, and wondering what will happen tomorrow. It is not real. Is that somebody's fantasy? Somebody has just put together something and it has just captured your imagination. So whatever things are true, whatever things are honest, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, see pure, your mind should be full of pure things. Don't think about impurity. Don't think about impurity. Stop imagining how certain people will look like without their clothes on. Mm, I said it. It's not pure to think that way. Your thoughts must be pure. Your thoughts must be clean. When your thoughts are not clean, your spirit man is not clean. That's what Paul said. Cleanse yourselves of every filthiness of the flesh and of the spirit. The spirit man can become unclean. When the spirit man becomes unclean, you can't hear God clearly. When God is even warning you that this place you are going to, you die, you can't hear it. It's like your spirit man has been coated with a film of death. Some people, it's not just a film. It's a thick, what do you call it, of death. Whatever things are pure. Whatever things are lovely. Hallelujah. Don't think about death and, and sickness and hey, me cry. Will ever, somebody ever marry me? 
So what will it be like if I'm um, 50 years old and I'm still not married or I still don't have a child? You know, some people like to throw pity parties. They like to, to wallow in. That thing is, is, is demonic oppression. When you like getting into that mood, when you are just thinking about negative things and getting yourself drowned in depression and you, you enjoy feeling like crying. Whatever things are lovely. There are a lot of nice things you can think about that will elevate your mood. Hallelujah. If you are worried about whether or not you get married, remember yesterday's wedding and use it to encourage yourself that one day, me too, I'll get married. Hallelujah. You are wondering whether you ever build your own house. Think about that person you know who has built their own house and use it to encourage yourself. Amen. Think about lovely things. Lovely doesn't mean men go and be thinking about beautiful women. <laughs> lovely women. <laughs> That's not what we are talking about. Whatever things are lovely. Whatever things are of good report. There are some things that are not of good report. Pornography is not of good report. Nobody says any good thing about pornography. Hallelujah. Are you hearing me? Are you understanding me? Are you accepting what I'm saying? Things that are of good report. Things that have a good reputation. Think about those things. If there be any virtue... And if there be any praise, think on these things. May the Lord give you the grace to filter your mind. And today, may the Lord put a wall of defense around your mind. Because trust me, Satan will throw arrows into it. Arrows that are meant to make you depressed. Arrows that are meant to make you have a low self-esteem. I was sharing with somebody recently that one of the things that makes people not enjoy ministry is comparison. When you are comparing yourself to somebody, you are seeing how God is using somebody and God wants to use you in a completely different way, but you are not happy with how God is using you because this is the one that you want. Comparison. Satan can come and put all sorts of things in your mind. You will never be happy in the house of God. A lot of bitterness comes as a result of imaginations, wrong ideas, wrong interpretations. Oh, this person said this to me because I am so so and so and, and not so so and so. Oh, because he's more educated than me. This is why he said this thing to me and he's disrespecting me. Meanwhile, there is absolutely nothing like that in the mind. May the Lord put a shield around your mind. And may the Lord give you the willpower to throw the thoughts and suggestions the enemy brings into your mind away. Your will is one of the strongest things God gave you. And that is one thing many people don't realize. Your will is strong enough such that it can resist God himself in all his power. If you decide not to accept God by your will, there's nothing God can do about it. That is how strong your will is. God gave man everything. He can touch everything. But the only thing he left is our will. Because the moment he can control your will, he doesn't have any right to judge you again. So I give you the will to decide whether you will sin or you will not sin. Your will is stronger than you think. If it can resist God in all his power, then your will is too strong for Satan. Who is weaker than God? Who is less strong than God? If you can resist God with that will, 
There is nothing Satan will throw at you that that will cannot stand. Shall we stand to our feet? See, I didn't keep too long. You want to pray this morning. The Bible says, casting down imaginations. You know where you have issues where your mind is concerned. You want to pray for the willpower, the ability to be able to cast down imaginations. For some of you, there are mental strongholds you need to deal with. There are things you have believed for years. There are things you have believed for a very long time. And you need to get these things out of your mind. You need to forcefully approach. When we say casting down, it's not a gentle matter at all. It is something that is done forcefully. It's something that is done radically. It's something that is done in an uncompromising manner. Some of you, your relationships with people have been affected because of mental struggles. But today, you want to take authority and cast down imaginations. Some of you, you know you, you have problems with thinking about things you are not supposed to think about. Some of you, you have a problem with, with inferiority complex because Satan is throwing all sorts of things into your mind. Some of you, you are bitter with people, bitter with things, even probably bitter in this church because of, of things Satan has thrown into your mind. You want to pray and come against such mental strongholds right now. Lift up your voice and pray. Lift up your voice and pray. Lift up your voice and pray. We come against mental strongholds in the name of Jesus. We cast down imaginations. Father, we pray for the will to be able to resist the thoughts that Satan throws into our minds in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. The lies that he throws to us in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Lies that he has even told us about ourselves. Some of you, Satan has literally convinced you that because of your past mistakes, God cannot use you in a certain way. But I want you to know today that it is a lie from the pits of hell. It is a lie from the pits of hell. God is actually looking for people with colorful pasts to use them for his glory. David prayed a certain prayer when he said that, Create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. He said, Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit away from me. He goes on to say that I may teach transgressors your ways. Sometimes God even uses these people who have a history, who have something in their past, to use them as an example unto people of how he can transform lives. Satan has fed your mind with too many lies. That weakness in your life is a problem of the mind. It's because you are thinking about things you are not supposed to think about. Today in the name of Jesus, we invoke the blood of Jesus to blot away mental strongholds, to blot away imaginations, to blot away thoughts, thoughts that get us into sin, thoughts that get us into trouble, thoughts that breed bitterness in our hearts in the name of Jesus, thoughts that make us hate people, thoughts that make us lust in the name of Jesus. May the power of the blood of Jesus work on our mind today. May the power of the blood of Jesus work on our minds today. May the power of the blood of Jesus cleanse our minds today. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. That be certain sin can be overcome. Satan is lying to you that you cannot come out of it. The Bible says, I will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can take. In the name of Jesus, receive the truth today. That the ability is there. The ability is there. Maybe you have just not been restless enough to break that yoke off your neck. The ability is there. 
the strength to overcome it this day. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Son of the Living God. Right now, I want us to pray a prayer of intercession. There is a grand agenda, there is a grand scheme to mess with the minds of children. In fact, not just children, but the world in general. Everything is being turned upside down. So now, in certain places, if you're a priest and you decide not to officiate the wedding of a man and a man, you can be taken to court. It's like in trying to give people their rights, other people's rights are being trampled upon. There is a grand scheme and a grand agenda. It's like gradually it's been, it's been made to seem like when you don't agree with some of these things, you are discriminating. And if we don't pray about some of these things and deal with them in the realm of the spirit, it will come to a time things will get out of hand. But today we want to lift up our voices. We want to pray against this whole agenda of pushing homosexuality, the whole agenda of pushing lesbianism, the whole agenda of pushing this transversite thing where people can just get up and decide that I don't want to be a man again and I want to change into a woman and things like that. In certain countries, even bestiality has been legalized where a human being can decide to sleep with, a, with an animal. In certain places, I hear they are even in the process of legalizing marriage between a human being and an animal. That you have the right to love whatever you want to love. So if you have a goat in the house, you decide that you love the goat and you can get married to the goat. These are all problems with the mind. But I believe as believers, when we lift up our voices to pray, God will move. We want to pray that this whole movement, this whole agenda to mess up with the minds of people, may, may the Lord halt it in the name of Jesus. May, may, may God begin to move things in high places. And these things are being funded heavily. We want to pray and dry up the funds. Whoever are funding these things and pushing this agenda, whatever businesses are funding them, we are praying confusion into those businesses. We are declaring that those funds are drying up today in the name of Jesus. Lift up your voice, begin to pray. Lift up your voice, begin to pray. Lift up your voice, begin to pray in the name of Jesus. 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 Every agenda of hell to mess with the minds of human beings. We come against it right now in the mighty name of Jesus. We stand in the power of the blood of Jesus. And we declare that the agenda of hell, especially in this country, will not see the light of day. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the son of the living God. Let the hand of the enemy be stopped in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Wherever the funding is coming from, for all of these agenda today in the name of Jesus, we speak a freeze. We speak confusion into the businesses that are funding these, these ideas in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Television stations that are promoting these things, we shut them down in the spirit today in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We close them down today in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We shut them down today in the name of Jesus. We dry up their sources of funding in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We declare that people with such ideas, when they stand for elections, may they lose in the name of Jesus. Not just in Ghana, but in the United States, in Britain. People with such depraved minds, people that Satan has chosen to prosecute this agenda, may they 
they not find themselves in positions of influence in the mighty name of Jesus? Those that have been planted already in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we take their seats from them. We take their place of authority from them. And Father, begin to prepare godly people, people with godly minds, people with godly agenda to enter into these corridors of power, to enter into these places, to be able to enact laws that will favor our children, laws that will favor Christianity in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Son of the living God, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the same God that brought judgment upon Sodom and Gomorrah, May the hand of that same God begin to move in the name of Jesus. People, unrepentant people, who have decided to propagate this agenda, may the hand of the Lord's judgment visit them in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Pedophiles, people whose agenda is to destroy the lives of children, we come against them right now in the name of Jesus. We lift up the sword of the Spirit. And may the hand of the Lord's judgment visit them right now. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. The son of the living God. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. The word says for how long shall you be torn between two opinions. The world has come to a point where we are torn between two opinions. But let the God that answered by fire. Like he did in the days of Elijah on Mount Carmel. Show forth his power. Show forth his glory. That the opinions that are, are, are shifted will now change to one opinion in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Lift up your voice and pray. 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 In the name of Jesus. Lift up your voice and pray. Lift up your voice and pray. Finally, you want to pray that Lord place a shield around my mind. Let the arrows that the enemy will throw into my mind by fire in the name of Jesus. Arrows that will bring bitterness into my heart. Arrows that will generate hatred in my heart. Arrows that will make me hate my brother. Arrows that will make me sin. And then pray the Lord, give me the will, the strength to be able to resist them. Lift up your voice. Begin to pray right now in the name of Jesus. That the Lord shall place a shield around your mind. 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 May every evil thought bounce off in the name of Jesus. May every evil thought bounce off in the name of Jesus. May every evil agenda bounce off in the name of Jesus. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. Trust you have been blessed by this message. For more information, reach us on 024-873-7250 or on our Facebook page, The Overflow Worship Center. Stay blessed.